everyone, and welcome to HubShots, episode 199. In this episode, we chat about HubSpot's CMS Hub again, plus conversation and chat bots, or chat flows, should I say, and playbooks. You're listening to Asia Pacific's number one HubSpot-focused podcast, where we discuss HubSpot tips, tricks, and strategies for growing your sales and marketing results. My name is Ian Jacob from Search and Be Found, and with me is Craig Bailey from Zen Systems. How are you, Craig? I'm really good. Looking forward to this episode and hoping we get our sound quality back. Listeners, apologies for the degradation in sound in the last couple of weeks, but we're trying to get it all sorted. And thanks to Chris, our producer, for helping us with a few tips. Hopefully it's good. And that's why if you're watching us on YouTube, we look like we're standing in front of ridiculously large microphones, but it's all for your listening pleasure. And you know what? If you don't usually watch us, now's a good time. We're actually recording all the episodes and we're going to start putting them on YouTube and on Instagram and so on. So you'll actually get to see the two of us talking together. So have a look at the YouTube channel and go and subscribe. Thank you to everybody who's connecting with Craig and myself. We do appreciate it. We do really love talking to you guys. So we encourage you, those who haven't taken the opportunity, pause this right now and go and search for us on LinkedIn or go to the show notes and just click the links to our profiles and connect with us and say that you listen to the show. We'd love to hear from you. Good to connect and also to the people who have connected. And we've had a few inquiries from people and I know you mentioned this at the end of the show, usually, Ian, where you're saying, like, don't be afraid to reach out to us, this kind of thing. So, we've had a few inquiries from people going, oh, we're probably too small for you guys. And look, I don't want to... We're like, no, we'll happily work with people where we can help them. And I've got a bit of a plug for a link in the show notes. Just we have an on-demand HubSpot product, right? So, there's no retainers, no prepaid hours or anything. You can uh, work with us by the hour. We have inquiries that comes on my website, but we often refer work to each other. If Ian's a better fit or both of us working, if that's a better fit for you, that's fine. So there's a link there. You can check it out. Please contact us if we can help you and we're a fit for you and we're a fit for each other. We'll happily work with you. So don't be afraid. That's right. And now, Craig, we usually talk about leading up to inbound. We talk about what's coming up with inbound. And we want to say congratulations to Moby from Inbound Buzz Podcast. He's got he's a speaker for Inbound this year and he's gonna be talking about TikTok. TikTok, you can't escape it. And thanks to Moby, I waste hours every week watching damn TikTok videos. But you know, I'm coming around to TikTok and as Moby says, this is like Instagram a couple of years ago, and everyone's like, Oh, it won't relate to B2B. I think it will. I've actually signed up for a TikTok advertising account. I want to actually get into some advertising with TikTok and test it out. Moby is months ahead of us and has been doing a lot of work. So yeah, that'd be a great session to go to. I hope inbounds on. I don't know what they do. I, f- I feel bad for Moby if he's he's going to be a speaker with an excellent session, then they have to cancel inbound. I don't know. Well, they make it all virtual, like Traffic Think Tank have done with their conference. I don't know. That's the thing, right? So, we just got to see what's going to happen. Now, Craig, what's something else? We've got to Google algorithm ranking changes that happened during this crisis or during a crisis. I thought this was a really good point. I, I subscribe to Mari Hayes's weekly newsletter. It's a paid newsletter. She has basically SEO updates. Yeah, right. I come from an SEO background. As you know, I used to be an SEO consultant. So, I like to stay up to date with what's going on in SEO. And her newsletter is good. I I thought it was really interesting in one of her most recent newsletters where she was talking about this, people asking questions around, what is Google doing ranking-wise in times of crisis with some content? She made the interesting point in the Google Raters 
guide, they talk about in times of crisis, preferring authority over other factors like recency or exact word match and all that kind of thing. In SEO, there's this idea of putting out detailed content, fresh content, and that's a good ranking signal. But interesting though, that authority trumps it especially in in a crisis. So there's also a link to eat. If you're in the SEO space, you know, that refers to an authoritativeness and trustworthiness piece. So good links there. If you're just interested in getting a bit more insight into how Google is ranking content these days. All right, Craig. So onto HubSpot marketing feature of the week. And this week... I thought we would um, jump back into HubSpot CMS. We, We took an intro look at it last week, their new CMS hub. And talked about how, well, how good it is from a positioning point of view. And I thought each week we might just pull out a bit of a HubSpot CMS hub feature. And this week we'll chat about smart content. You love smart content, don't you, Ian? I do. I love smart content, Craig. And I think it's one of those underutilized features within the system. It is underutilized, isn't it? And the reason this came to mind for this week's show is because we actually had a prospect that we're talking with, they want their whole site rebuilt and they're saying, oh, can we do WordPress or HubSpot? Uh, they're an existing HubSpot user in terms of marketing, but their current website's on WordPress. And we're going, yeah, we can use, we can build it in either for you. And one of the questions that came out was, oh, can, if we do it in HubSpot, can you do smart content as part of the build? And I'm like, yeah, definitely. That's like standard in the hub. It's really good. And they're like, oh, wow. So there's this mindset coming around that people are starting to appreciate the benefits that smart content can do. And we'll talk about what it is if you're not familiar with it in a second. But have you noticed this kind of mindset or awareness of it? Because I feel like a year or two ago, and you even preface this by kind of, it's underutilized, people don't really know about it. Do you find people are asking more about it lately? You're getting more interest in it? Absolutely, because it's really a very defining separator between all the other platforms that we use and its ability to tie in to all the marketing sales features in the platform is a really key aspect. Now we're going to talk about what some of those things are in terms of how you can use it. So Craig, do you want to go with some of the ways we can use smart content? Yeah. So I'll briefly explain what it is if you're not familiar with it, but in landing pages, web pages, emails as well, you can denote a rich text module. We'll just talk about rich text because that's mainly where it's used. There's a few other you can do smart forms and a few others. And I think I would expect they're going to roll it out to all modules. But let's just talk about rich text modules. Let's say you've got a rich text module on a web page. You can make it smart, which means you can get it to switch based on criteria of the visitor. So some of the examples are based on the country that they're visiting from. It could be the type of device, mobile versus desktop, let's say. It could be the referral source that they come from. It could be a list. So in HubSpot, you might have various lists. There's lifecycle stages that they're on and also preferred language. So based on any of those criteria, you can actually switch out content. So for example, if someone is, a simplest example would be someone coming from Australia, you could show them Australian content. If they're coming from the US, you could switch out the content on the fly to be different content. So that's smart content. It is smart in the sense that it responds to characteristics of the visitor. And it's very powerful. It just means that the experience that the visitor has on the site can be more tailored to them. It's deeply powerful, Craig. And there is an interesting review on fool.com, right? 
I, I put this for, for fun because fool.com is an investing site, as many people would know. I didn't realize they had this whole blueprint section where they actually gave reviews of products. You should check this out. They've given a review of HubSpot CMS, yeah. All right, Craig, on to HubSpot sales feature of the week. And I wanted to talk about conversations and chat flows as sales teams are increasingly coming around to seeing the value of having live chat on their site. And sometimes people can get confused between conversations and what we call chat flows in HubSpot and then chat bots. And so my advice to people is to, if you want to do or test this out, is to very simply set up a live chat, get the sales team or whoever's using it to use it, figure out how people are interacting with you on it, and then go to the next step of figuring, can you do that in a chat bot before you actually, to do some of the qualification before you hand off to somebody real to follow up that person. And so we've been implementing it and then came the really interesting questions like, how do I report on this to management that uh, it's actually working? And and I actually never thought of that before, but there are actually five reports in the library that you can use that you can add to a dashboard, which will get you started. Now, if you want more complex reporting and you might need the reporting add-on because you've used up all your reports, but you can create cross-object reporting. So that'll be the next step. So if and when I do create some cross-object reports, I will put it in there for people to have a look at. But there are five really good reports to start off with that will help you understand how it's working. Yeah, I think this is really good. We're just starting to roll out some chat options with clients. And it's good to see these reports. I actually wasn't aware of this until I saw this in the show notes. So thanks. There you go, Craig. Necessity gives us innovation here, right? <laughs> Just before we go on, you know what I think is interesting? The reason we're getting clients, there's a resurgence in it. Chat was really big a couple of years ago. Then everyone lost interest because the chat experience was so bad because no one was around to answer them and they just went to terrible automated responses. But now that people are actually stuck at home in front of their computers and not out doing sales calls or meeting in person, I think they're much more responsive. That's why we're getting clients saying, oh yeah, we've actually got people who can answer chat now. Let's revisit the whole chat option for our site. So I, I think there's going to be uh, quite a, a big demand in this and you'll see it much more. Now, I do want to say one of the things, especially with the HubSpot chat that has improved over time is that if no one is around, especially when no one is supposed to be working, do not have that chat live on your site. Make sure that it gets disabled and doesn't show up. So that's a really key aspect. It's one of the options. Yeah, it's very simple now. So make sure that that happens. Now, one thing, I'll give you a little gotcha here. One of our clients, they've had people in the sales team. Two people have left the sales team, right? They are still in HubSpot as a user with cut down privileges. So basically, they've just kept it till they replace their role. They're still in a team within HubSpot. So let's call it the Zen sales team. Anyway, I didn't review this and see who was on the sales team. So what happens is when the chat comes, it goes to that team, right? So you'll you'll see the faces that are on there. Now, I didn't realize these two guys had left. So everybody else, I've trained them. I said, oh, make sure you log out. <laughs> anyway, and they're like, oh, these other guys are getting the chat. I'm like, what? Anyway, they're, because they're on the sales team. So I basically made sure I took them off the sales team which then removed them from the chat. Now, what's interesting is even though they're a user and they're not active, they're still showing up as available to be on the chat. 
That's weird because even though you can set it individually for each chat flow, you should be able to set it at the inbox level because the inbox level sets who's available for any of the chat flows related to it. Did you take them out of the inbox? Maybe I didn't do that. The inbox? No, maybe I yeah, didn't do it's that. It's a bit confusing how HubSpot does that, by the way. You have a general inbox settings, then the chat flows related to the inbox. But if you go to under a chat flow and say view inbox, it takes you to a different place than the main inbox. It's quite confusing, but... Right. I should put a screenshot. Yeah, you can go to the overall inbox settings okay. and then control who's available for that inbox. So you can take them out in one place and it should remove them from all there. Okay. Well, there's a tip right there. Yeah. Learned the hard way. That's yep. right. <laughs> oh, which reminds us the extra of the week was the HubSpot Notification Center, Craig. This is so much better. All this is, there's no change. In, well, there might be slight tweaks in functionality. But let's assume there's no changes in functionality. It's just a user interface change predominantly. And it's so much better. It makes so much more sense. And you can quickly go in. I've actually included a screenshot where notifications of other apps are. By the way, Workplace by Facebook. Nobody ain't haven't known none that. But anyway, Slack is the key one. It's, let's say you're getting notifications through to Slack. A key one is assignments. So a chat assignments, email conversations being assigned to you getting all those notifications because if you don't tick these on, you won't get notifications in Slack, which is where we get all our notifications from people engaging in chat and other things. So thank you, HubSpot. Much better layout. Yep. And now this week we've got a HubSpot gotcha of the week and that is ads reporting is not showing CPC, Craig. And this is from a client portal that you've got. And this is across Google Ads and Facebook. Yeah, so just mentioning this, and I am pretty confident this will be fixed before this episode gets published, but I'm putting it here because I think this is a bug in the way HubSpot's pulling in ad data. Uh, I've been going backwards and forwards with HubSpot support about it, but the issue is we've connected uh, Google Ads, Facebook, and a bunch of other channels. It's pulling it through the cost data, click data, but cost per click is set to zero. I've got a screenshot here. You can see it. It's definitely not correct. Been backwards and forwards at HubSpot. They were checking, well, is it currency settings on the portal? Is it the fact that deals are in different currencies to the ad campaigns? And no, it wasn't. And I was like, well, what does it matter with deals? And then it's like, oh, well, that's how ROI is calculated. So it's like, no, we're just using the basic ROI calculator. So we went backwards and forwards. HubSpot, very responsive and the support, very good. But I think this is a bug. Reason I'm mentioning it in the show is because I think this will be important for other people as well. So if you were having this issue, you're not alone. And once that's fixed, uh, we'll report back and see if there's any little process that we needed to follow. All right. Now we're going to talk about our marketing tip of the week, Craig, and this is a reminder to test advertising and the Google My Business listing. This is a really key time to be very aware of what's going on on these platforms. And you've got a little graph in there that shows that Facebook CPMs are falling. Yeah, so a good graph and you can really see where it happens around March 19. It had been on a decline since early March, but then March 19, it really dips down and it stayed down in April. And this is a result of people pulling their ad spend. This is just Facebook. Really interesting that it's down uh, from, say, $2.50 down to a dollar. So quite a drop over the space of a month. And this is just a reminder to people, go and test your ads. Like, this is an average, global average, but some industries, they'll actually be more expensive, more competition, but 
potentially in your industry, just test whether their prices are down. I've heard from both sides anecdotally about some people that I do follow that do a lot of marketing on Facebook and they're just saying rock bottom prices for their lead gen. And then I've heard others saying, oh, no, actually in our industry, it's it's really expensive. It's more demand. So your mileage may vary. The point is to test. Take advantage of this time to do testing. And frankly, if you're getting click prices that are less than half what they were before, you can double your spend <laughs> for, no, for no downside. And look, then the flip side, we're just looking at Google My Business. Did you see this note where someone left a bad review of a business on Google My Business and the courts have actually ordered Google to reveal who left the bad review? Wow. All right. So this is a bit of a first. This happened in Australia. Oh, yeah. And so what's the outcome going to be of this? Basically, once word gets around that the courts are saying, oh, you've got to reveal who's leaving bad reviews, it opens the way for people to get prosecuted for leaving fake reviews and bad reviews that aren't legitimate. So the result of that is you're going to see less bad reviews on Google My Business. So if you're not already using Google My Business, with all its awesome things that we talk about, I think every second episode, Ian, it's like we're evangelists for Google My Business. Here's yet another reason why, because it's going to get cleaner and more valuable. And I think in saying that, Craig, there's also a lot of manual review going on. So I know for a fact, because as we roll out and do updates to customers' accounts, we find that it says, you know, in this period, there will be delays with updates taking place because there is a lot of manual review going on. So be aware of that. Craig, what's our insight of the week? I'm going to mention a news story that's happened in Australia, and it's not really a marketing news story, but bear with me and I'll tell you why it's important. So in this time of crisis, in the middle of coronavirus, did you see this, Ian, that Australia has put in place fines if people spit or cough on police and healthcare workers, right? It's a $5,000 fine. And I'm just like, is that not a sign of the times that we have to create a fine for people doing something that despicable. Like, can you imagine that? Imagine deliberately coughing or spitting on, on a healthcare worker. Mm. It's, just, it's just incredible. But that's sign of the time. So it's so bad that we have to create a law to create fines for it. So that's a sign of the time. Here's my point. Times of crisis bring out the best and worst in people. We know that. It's kind of uh, like many experiences life. When people are suddenly successful, it just brings and accelerates good and bad. Here's the thing. This is a crisis. And I just want to say to marketing people, be leaders. You know, this is a time to show leadership and generosity and goodwill. And I shouldn't have to say that. We shouldn't have to say that. Society shouldn't have to say that. Unfortunately, the fact that there are these kinds of fines in place means that that's not always the case. So just a reminder for people, everyone's doing a tough it is hard and uncertain, but be a leader. I couldn't agree more. And I think that's uh, not just marketing or sales. That's for everybody. This is a life a life statement. Yeah. All right, Craig. Now, HubSpot throwback for the week. What was HubSpot doing a year ago? Well, you know, normally we talk about what they were doing product release a year ago. And the last couple of episodes saying in April, they were doing nothing. <laughs> there were no product releases. So I thought for this episode, the throwback of the week is just to February to a post they had on Medium talking about their enterprise marketing playbook. And I thought this was interesting because February was just when the coronavirus was coming in. The effects of it were just starting. So I thought it was interesting to say, 
what was their playbook in February and compare that to what it is now, just two short months later. So it's just a, a link here at this stage. Go and read it. They talk about their playbook for sales, marketing, hiring, job talent, all that kind of thing. Have a read of it and just it, – it's still all good information, by the way. So it's this is not pointing a finger at or to say it's not correct, but how times have changed – and if you were to think about what their playbook is now, there's a whole lot more around remote work and remote sales and the sales method and process of chain. Check it out. But um, also um, uh, just a good tip to use the word playbook to describe anything that you do. That is interesting. And when you said that, I went to have a look at what the meaning of playbook was. And I think it came out of a game from what I understand. It's the tactics or the moves that people made during a game. That's why it was called a playbook. I'm sure it's come from sport and, you know, good yeah. iron and baseball. They all have their Correct. playbooks. Yeah. All right, Craig, now on to our resource of the week. And people often will say, oh, do you remember what my site used to look like? Oh, I need to find this out. Now, if you don't know, listeners, there is a site called archive.org, which is called Wayback Machine. And you might have heard about that, where you can go and put a URL in and you can see when snapshots have been taken and you could essentially browse the site at that period of time. Now, here's a neat little trick that they've shared, right? Which you can actually save a page. Yeah, so basically you can send an email... Let's say I send you an email and I say, oh, here's a link to episode 198 of Hubshots, our last episode. All I need to do is CC this address, which is save page now at archive.org in the email and they will then crawl it and archive the URL and they'll send you an email back to tell if there's any errors. There's also a Chrome plugin for it as well. So if you ever want to get some pages saved, they don't have to be your site, by the way. That could be anyone's site. So you could, I could send you a link to HubSpot or website grader or something like that and uh, copy uh, save page now at archive.org and yeah, they'd, they'd take a snapshot of it. Now I've used this. I'll tell you listeners, I've used this when people have lost their sites to when there's been a problem with them having errors or they didn't pay for their hosting and it got lost or something has terribly gone wrong after a redesign and they go, oh, I need to get that back. So this is a good place to go to actually get that data. I've used a few times to save people when they've had problems with their stuff. Now, Craig, on to our quote of the week. This one's from Shane Parrish of Farnham Street Blog that we love. And this is something he was thinking about. He said, we're prone to thinking that life is improved by addition. A new house will make our life better. A new friend will add excitement. A new car will make me happier. A new idea will make us smarter. Instead of addition... Try subtraction, remove a negative relationship from your life, cancel one subscription, drop a mindset that is holding you back, stop adding things and start removing what's holding you back. I thought that was uh, a nice attitude to perhaps test. Now, Liz says we've got some bonus links of the week in the show notes. And if since you're all sitting at home or working from home, it's a good time to check check them out. So I encourage you, there's lots of gold in there to educate yourself. And as we talk about growing ourselves in this period of time when we're all sometimes stuck in our homes or in our houses because we're all trying to do the right thing, there are lots of resources to help you. And you know, one thing I was thinking today and I was telling my wife, I was saying, you know, in this period, let's not let it just pass us by, but let us be intentional about achieving something or doing something that we wouldn't normally do. One of the things I was thinking about, like 
just think in say three months or six months, now that I can't travel somewhere or go on this holiday, what can I do instead to improve my skills or do something different? I know, was it a year or two you started juggling because you uh, you didn't know how to juggle? Oh, yes. And I thought that was really good. Like you actually intentionally tried something that you could not do. And then after that period of, I don't know, it was six weeks, you could juggle. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. So just think about what are the things that you wouldn't normally do that – that you can do in this period. Like one of the things we've done is actually over the long weekend of the Easter weekend, we did a thousand word puzzle and everybody said, oh, this takes weeks. It was one of those puzzles where you see a picture, but it's not the actual picture that's in the puzzle. So it could be like, here's a scene, but something happens and this is, and then this is the next scene of that puzzle, right? It's taking place in the same area. So in this puzzle, it was about a perfect British barbecue or something. And what actually happens is it starts raining in the scene. You know, all these things are happening. There's a bus passing by. There's someone losing all the drinks off the tray. People are ducking under trampolines. So it was really interesting, right? And I know like friends of ours have taken weeks to do a puzzle. We did it in like two and a bit days because I just went, I'm going to do this. I'm going to crack it. So just challenge yourselves. Oh, focus. Yeah. Focus. Like it was just, it was just focus and thinking and just using what, how do you go about solving this and figuring out what to do? So it's just, it was so good. Like I just didn't turn it on any devices. I just did this for two, two and a bit days. And I did it with my wife, with my kids, you know, they came in and helped us, but it was just so much fun and something so different. And I'd encourage all of our listeners, just do something that you would not normally do and see what happens. You might get a new appreciation. Thank you for reminding me about that juggling. When I taught myself to juggle and I'll, I'll tell you listeners, it took a while. It didn't take me six weeks, but it took me 10 hours. 10 hours. And you might think, oh, that's not long. 10 hours is a lot of time to juggle. The point where you want to give up is around eight hours. You're just like, and because you, the problem is you get really sore back because you keep dropping the balls. You have to pick them up all the time. So you can only do it for about an hour. And I was like, I'm pushing through, I'm pushing through. And when you learn, there's something happens in your brain. Now, it took me 10 hours, but I think more coordinated people might do it in less, but suddenly something changes and you just cannot juggle. You cannot not juggle. You just, you can almost, you can actually do it with your eyes closed. You can juggle. Something changes and you can't explain it, but there's such, there's such an amazing feeling. And even just remembering back that feeling now is invoking that pleasure that I got at the time. And I think when you do push through that barrier, that's what you're talking about. Push through, whether it's jigsaw puzzle or some fitness goal that you have or when you push through and actually work out some marketing piece or you master a um an ad platform or something like that there's a great pleasure in that and it spurs you on so now is the perfect time to do it because yeah a lot of people are like what have i got to do what do i do with my time challenge yourself i think that's great advice ian all right, listeners, thank you for listening. We do appreciate you listening to us on a weekly basis. And we do pray and hope that you guys are all safe and you are doing well. Again, the offer is open. If you do need help with anything small or big, Craig and myself are here to help you out. So please don't be afraid to reach out to us. As we And in fact, are you, you're about after this recording, you're about to jump on a call with someone that approached, yeah, yes, contacted us last week. From the UK. So I'm going to talk to them right now. 
All right, listeners, thank you so much. Please share this with your friends or somebody that who's thinking about using HubSpot. It greatly helps us and it greatly helps them on their journey. Well, Craig, until next time. Catch you later, Ian. Hey there, thanks for listening to this episode of HubShots. For show notes and the latest HubSpot news and tips, please visit us at hubshots.com.